Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie. Thank you for listening. Matthew 1, verses 18 to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to the public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Amazing. I wonder if any of you guys have ever played the game Secret Santa. You know, where you and a group of friends, you put a name into a hat and then, and then you pull one out and then you get a gift for that person. Now, I think a lot of us have played it. I, I quite enjoy it. I'm playing it again this year with my mates. And I definitely enjoy the bit where I get the gift. You know, when someone gives me the gift, I think everyone can agree that's fun. It's, it's the bit where I have to buy the gift for someone that I struggle with. I think in general, there's kind of two types of people in the world, isn't there? There's people who are good at getting gifts, and then there's people who are bad at getting gifts. I wonder what type of you are. Unfortunately, I'm definitely not that great at getting gifts. I think, I think back to last year, and I got my friend, it was, it was Nutella and coffee beans, which I bought in the Centra on the way. Like, on any level, that just sucks as a present. Like, I'm so sorry to her that I got that. It's just terrible. It was obviously because it was Centra, not Spar. Um, but so if you're going to play... Don't play with me, basically, is what I'm trying to say. But I wonder who you would want to play with. Who, hypothetically, would be the best person to play Secret Santa with? Well, if we're going along that hypothetical, it's, it's got to be God. Like, hear me out here. You have unlimited money, unlimited power, time, knowledge. You'd be expecting something pretty epic, something pretty good. Now, what if I told you that actually we kind of had already played this game, a, a, a cosmic game, of Secret Santa with God, that Christmas time, this is getting cheesy, Christmas time 2,000 years ago is when we played Secret Santa with God, and he gave us the best gift we could have asked for, although it probably wasn't what we were expecting. Because you see, 2,000 years ago, God gave us the best gift he could. It was a baby born in a manger named Jesus. And so I'm going to try to talk about this based in this passage that we've just read Uh, Just a little bit of context about what's going on. So it's written by a guy named Matthew. He was a tax collector, then became a disciple of Jesus, followed him around for about three years, and then this is how he begins his biography of the life and works of Jesus. Now, it's unashamedly supernatural. Like, 
There's an angel, it comes to Joseph in a dream, tells him these names to name this baby. And that's what we're gonna be focusing on here, those two names that are gonna to point to us about what this baby's gonna be like. So, with that said, let's begin. Let's look at the first name, the name that I think we're all gonna recognize the most, won't we? Jesus. Now, I think it's helpful as we begin to th remember that names have meanings, don't they? I wonder, do you know what your name means? My name, Isaac, it means laughter or he will laugh. Unfortunately, it's been more laughing at me rather than with me. But again, that wasn't specified in the name, so you can't really complain. But do remember that in Bible times, names were a lot more important than how we have them now. They were really important. People would really think about it. And the name that you gave a baby would really speak to what that person was going to be like when they grew up. So with that said, let's look at verse 21. Do you see why we're to call him Jesus? Well, it says to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And if you actually translate that into English, that name, it means the Lord saves. The Lord saves. But from what? And how? Surely it's a bit presumptuous to say that I need saving, that, that you need saving. Offensive even in this day and age. Well, if you ever think that, don't worry, you're not alone. I think that a lot as well. And when I do, I find it helpful to look at two things. Firstly, to, to look at God, and then secondly, to look at myself. So what do I see when I look at God? Well, I see that he's perfect, awesome, magnificent. I think of all those omni words you learn in junior cert religion. Omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient, all-present, all-powerful, all-knowing. And then I look at myself. Now, to be honest, I'm actually an all right guy. Um, I'm sound enough, maybe give to charity, maybe give a fiver to the homeless lad on the street, but perfect? Far from it. I could never put myself up on God's level. Have I ever once, even just a little bit, cheated or lied or been sexist or racist? Not even once, not even a little bit? I don't like the answers to those questions. Because you see, there's a gap isn't there? There's a gap between what we do and what we want to do, between what's real and what's ideal, between me and God. That is the problem, the gap. That is why I could never get on God's level. It would be like me, a very average rugby player, let me assure you, putting myself up on par with Johnny Sexton. Like there's just no comparison or, or water and oil, it doesn't mix. Or newspaper and fire, it doesn't work together. It's the gap between me and God that is the problem. But where does that leave me then? What, what does that mean? Well, it leaves me being pushed away from God, distanced from him at death and from, from everything that's good in the world. It's, it's what the Bible calls hell. And I wish I could sugarcoat this. I wish this Christmas time I could say, just live your truth. Everything's going to be okay. All roads lead to heaven. But I can't. Because you see, the Bible says that God is just and that the wrong in this world must be accounted for. The wrong that I commit must be accounted for. It says that I am in need of saving. 
But that's where Jesus, the Lord saves, comes in. Because you see, at Christmas time, we remember when God came down to live the life that we never could, never messing up. He claimed to be God and he backed it up with his teaching. He backed it up with his life. He backed it up with his miracles. But we didn't believe him, did we? We killed him, hanging him on a cross. That's what Easter is. But there's more to that story, isn't there? Because on the third day, because he was God, because he had never sinned, he came back to life. But of course, we all know this story. What's, what's the significance? Well, when he was on the cross, he was taking my punishment, our punishment in our place, taking the penalty that I should be paying. He was my perfect substitute. And now, because he's risen from it, he offers us a way out. That is why he came, born to die, so that I don't have to, so that you don't have to. And then we find ourselves on the second name, Emmanuel. Look at verse 23. Do you see what it means? It means God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. And that's exactly what Jesus is, isn't it? God coming down to be a human, literally the creator of the universe, writing himself into the pages of human history. It's mad, but why does it matter? Why does any of this matter? Well, it matters because it is what it says on the tin, that God is with us. He has breached the gap. He's now with me, with you, to be in relationship with us. He knows what it is to be human. He didn't shy away from sickness, from poverty, from death, from pain. He knows what it is to mourn. He knows what it is to cry. He knows what it is to worry. He knows the human experience. It means he can sympathize with us. Has 2020 been a year to forget? Have you struggled this year? Well, in Emmanuel, we find a God who knows our pain, who knows what we're going through because he's been there himself. It means we can go to him in prayer and he can sympathize with us and be with us every step of the way. We have Emmanuel, God but why does any of this matter any of this matter we have we have jesus the lord saves emmanuel god with us but why does it matter well let me give you just two reasons why this matters we have a horizontal reason and we have a vertical reason firstly a horizontal reason because it entirely shifts the way that we interact with others entirely because you see, here we have the key to a happy Christmas, to happy relationships. Here, we have the key to forgiveness. Because at the cross, we find two key phrases that change everything. Now, we see, I'm sorry I was wrong. It's okay, I forgive you. I'm sorry I was wrong. It's okay, I forgive you. Now, can you tell the person on your right, shout it out, I'm sorry I was wrong. 
And I tell the person on your left, it's okay, I forgive you. It's beautiful. It's, it's the gospel in action, guys. But here we see it. Because in the book of Colossians 3.13, it says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And that's what we see on the cross. Jesus there on the cross forgiving us, making a way to deal with our sin. He's the model for forgiveness and an inspiration for how to do it. Because Jesus isn't just a nice idea. He changes everything. And we have a vertical reason as well, don't we? Because it completely changes the way we interact between us and God entirely. Now we have Emmanuel, God with us. We have Jesus, the Lord saves. We have forgiveness for sins, access to God, help in our pain. He has breached the gap. He is now with us. It's not just a nice idea. It changes everything. So, I wonder what you're going to do with this cosmic game of Secret Santa. Please, would you remember these names? Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus, the Lord saves. We now have hope for a better future after death. A hope for a future with no pain, no death, no mourning, no crying. We have hope for the future now. And we have Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel qualified to help us because he's been there himself. Emmanuel, the comforter in the present. So, what are you going to do with this cosmic game of Secret Santa? Please, would you not let this pass you by? Would you investigate this further? Would you talk to the friend who invited you here? Would you come back next week? Maybe would you even get the Bible open with them? See what it has to say with me, with any of us. We'd love to do it. Let me just end by saying that accepting Jesus into my life is hands down the best decision that I've ever made. And it really could be the best decision that you will ever make too. So, what do you think? Pretty good secret Santa, I'd say. Let's pray. God, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you that you came. We thank you that you are Jesus, the Lord saves, and Emmanuel, God with us. May we remember that now. Amen.